This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 35. another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is the podcast designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Our hope is simple, to encourage you in your marriage relationship. We believe healthy marriage should be a front burner conversation and so we're here to help that happen, if I Toy can boat. say it. Toy boat. Toy okay, boat. so before we jump into content today, we wanted to recommend a book. Sometimes we say a, a resource or a website or a book that's helpful to our audience. And, and what is said book or resource? Today's book mention is a book called Facebook and Your Marriage, and it's written by Jason and Kelly Krafsky. That's right. Which is spelled K-R-A-F-S-K-Y. And it's a helpful little book. It's, I wouldn't say it's a little book. It's, yeah. it's quite uh, – It's been out a couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's a, thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have not read it cover to cover, but I have definitely skimmed it enough and pulled some snippets from it that I think it's pretty helpful if you're wanting to manage your marriage and your cyber presence well. So that's our little book mention. So it kind of segues into what you wanted to talk about today. It I does think. because today's episode is called – Private eyes. Private eyes. I know that's totally what I thought too. I was like, who can we pay the royalties to play uh, Hollow Notes? But um, so the question is really kind of just how, you know, the big question is how open do we need to be with our spouse? And, you know, should we have any kind of privacy? And, you know, what are some good, healthy boundaries to draw there? I think there are moments where you want some privacy. I I would imagine so. But actually, today's conversation is was kind of got started a few months ago, our fab engineer, Zach, who is um, under 30. Yeah. Uh, He and I were talking one time about, you know, under 30. He is under 30. (laughs) Um, We were talking, uh, actually, after last year's marriage retreat, and we were talking about how he was like, I wonder if people in my generation, this is Zach talking, about think differently about passwords and privacy and technology and everything because they've basically grown up with, you know, they've been living in a password-protected world. Our kids would definitely qualify. has been around them from – the beginning of their existence. Exactly. And so he was kind of like, you know, compared to like maybe you and Brett's generation where y'all didn't grow up with all this stuff, this mm-hmm. was stuff that kind of took place later. Yeah, the you radio know. wasn't – Marconi <laughs> hadn't even invented the radio when we were born. And, you know, it was like – Stone it was a, tablets. I thought it was an interesting question and an interesting conversation to have because uh, the generations do think differently about this. And – um so I thought we would talk about it today. So, so talk away. So let's just get the conversation rolling. Um, well, first of all, I would say it's you would have to kind of uh, space this conversation out in two different ways. One would be a dating conversation, hmm. and one would be a marriage conversation. Okay. Um, and for, you're saying you're differentiating between those two because of the difference in level of commitment. Exactly. Like, for example, if a couple who's been dating six months 
comes to us and says, you know, do we need to give each other all of our passwords and do we need to be able to have access to each other's emails and Facebook and everything? I would say, whoa, Nelly. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I don't necessarily think so, because even if you've been dating six months, you may be in love with this person Mm -hmm. and feel like they're the one. Uh, you're still getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and you're still building the level of trust. And so, you know, I don't know that you have to just completely divulge every single corner of your life yet. You know, it's a slow burn. Right. Um, Might not even be a good idea. Yeah. On some levels. Exactly. Um, In fact, I was asking our daughter about this this week because uh, she was asking me about the episode topic this week. And I said, well, okay, you're 22. I said, so, you know, you've got to think kind of the same way uh, of what we're talking about, where she's like, I I said, would you give your boyfriend, if you dated for a year or two, Uh you know, passwords and PIN numbers and all that kind of stuff? And she's like, well, she goes, I think if I went through a really bad breakup, I don't think I would want my boyfriend to know my passwords to things. That would be kind of a drag. You know, so I guess you you really would have to kind of put these in two different camps, Mm -hmm. dating, marriage, you know, but we do a marriage podcast. So, you know, we're going to talk about uh, what it looks like. And even in dating, there's like we say, there's levels of commitment. You commit to this level, and then you commit to this level, and then you commit to this level, and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if a married couple came to us and asked the same question of, you know, should we share all our passwords? Should mm-hmm. we know each other's PIN numbers and all of that? Uh, w- you know, what would we say in a marriage relationship? I think we would say, that's a good idea. Probably. I think so. You know, I mean, um, you share other forms of Intimacy, you know, physical intimacy, and hopefully emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and so forth. Why not your private world? What, in other words, what do you have to hide? Yeah, and I don't even know that everyone has necessarily something to hide. But uh, and we're really, going you know? to kind of get to that question a little bit later. But I don't think it's always so much. I've got to hide something, so I'm not going to open up. Sometimes it's just a fear of opening up everything. Like mm-hmm. I, you know you know, opening my whole world, every corner of my life to this person, you Mm -hmm. know, that is kind of a scary thought. Sure. Um, And so it may not even be something that you're trying to hide or keep secret. It might just be kind of that gnawing fear of, you know, how open do I have to be about everything? Right. But again, this is a way, this is another facet of intimacy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're going to share your (laughs) life together and if you're going to share you know, share your bodies and share your minds and your hearts and raise children together and everything, you know, it seems like that would be a... Even even just pragmatically, running a household or running a family, there's some things that are password protected that if something happened to you, you would even want to have that information. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm thinking about like in terms of Facebook, you know, that's that's a hot oh, button for a lot of Facebook. people because yes. – and we should say, you know, I, I looked in the, the book, Facebook and Your Marriage, and it talks about how the average user spends more than 55 minutes per day on Facebook. Okay. So, Can you imagine that's – the average. I know that's an average. So I mean, some people don't even check Facebook every day, but or other people check it several times a day. You some know, some people and, don't even have a Facebook account. Yeah, but. and so, um, but I mean, if you've got to have the conversation, anything that that the average user is spending about an hour on, mm-hmm. that's a big part of you know a lot of people's that's lives. A big so, chunk of time. You know, one of the questions that we get asked sometimes is, you know, is it okay to be friends with old flames? You know, past relationships and. 
this gets kind of tricky for people who say they have a Facebook account before they meet the person that they're going to marry. You know, you and I don't have this issue because we were married in the Stone Ages. And so it was years before you and I ever opened a Facebook page. And so when we and did... years before Marconi invented... Yeah. And so when we did, it was it was pretty natural to have the conversation of, okay, who are you okay with my being Facebook friends with so-and-so? Right. You know, maybe an ex-boyfriend or whatever. And we could kind of establish those boundaries together because mm-hmm. we were signing on to Facebook around the same time. But if you have an online presence established long before you meet your spouse, that gets a little bit trickier because you may have lots of friends with people you've dated or mm-hmm. been in relationships with. And then all of a sudden you get married and it's, oh, do I need to defriend that person, you know? Right. And so – Well, I think the the real question you're asking, though, is is it is it good to have – that kind of somewhat more personal access to to old flames and so forth, mm-hmm. and does it ever lead to problems? And you and I, as a couple who has walked alongside other couples who have suffered the pain of mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. the wrong choice on this, we would have to say, yeah, it can definitely be an issue, most definitely be an issue. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because I think even, Zach, when we were having this conversation a few months ago, one of the the things that we kind of whittled the conversation down to was motive. You know, so I, I remember asking you the question, you know, well, if your girlfriend wanted to check your phone to just grab something off your phone, you know, would you be okay with that? And you were like, sure. But then it was like, okay, but what if she were kind of snooping? Or what if she were suspicious? Then it was like, well, that's not cool with me, you know, so mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to that, why, why is this person needing to look at my stuff, you know, or whatever, the motives are kind of part of the thing, you know, right. So I don't know, it's an interesting conversation. We need to give Zach a microphone. I know we do he, <laughs> three part uh, podcast. And you are listening to marriage to the max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max. If you're in the greater Houston area, we want you to know that we host a monthly date night called Dinner and a Marriage, and we would love to have you join us. So visit our website at homeencouragement.org 
to find out more details. Well, we are continuing our conversation called Private Eyes. Private Eyes. Sorry. (laughs) And uh, we've actually asked our fab engineer, Zach, to join us in this conversation. Because actually, this conversation was, this episode was birthed out of a conversation. It doesn't make sense for Zach to not be part of this conversation. Absolutely, because we keep referencing him. (laughs) So, okay, so before the break, we were talking about motives. And does that make a difference in terms of letting people kind of peruse your phone or your pad, your uh, iPad or mm-hmm. your computer or whatever. Does it make a difference? Motives make uh, a really, really huge difference because there's, there's something about being open with people and there's something about snooping. And it's when you're, when your parents go through your room, you know, you get used to it as a child. It's like your parents put stuff away and you hide stuff in your room <laughs> and you can tell if your mom accidentally discovered something mm-hmm. as opposed to you hid something really well and they found it. You know, clearly they're <laughs> snooping. Right. Um, if, if you have something to hide, then you're already in trouble. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the idea is like an open relationship and between uh, my, me and my girlfriend, I, I don't care if, if she looks at my stuff, I really have nothing to hide. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I, I just, don't even if I have like a weird dream, I I talk to her about it because it's just, we're just that open. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but as if if someone's snooping, you have trust issues. Mm-hmm. That's right. how I, that's how I feel about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think there is a is it a different conversation for a dating couple than a married couple in terms of share how much you share and. I think it depends on your level of comfort. Mm-hmm. I've been with my girlfriend for two years now. Um, probably somewhere around like the six months, kind of when you start saying I love you and mm-hmm. you know you mean it. Mm-hmm. I feel like then it's okay to like let each other know your passwords and whatnot. Because you've upped the ante of commitment yeah. some, mm-hmm. somewhat. Yeah. Uh, it really, it just it, it's intention. And it, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really don't feel like I have anything to hide. And you know, we're talking about Facebook and passwords and, and old flames and stuff. And actually, I just two nights ago, Nancy and I had a conversation about that hmm. because I I recently was at a bar with the girl that I went to prom with, mm-hmm. and you know. I was just kind of getting uncomfortable at what she was saying, and I talked to Nancy about it, and hmm. you know, we're just we we try and be open. You wanted her to know that you were having these difficult feelings. Well, it wasn't even difficult; it was just awkward, right? You know, yeah, and that, that's what I meant. And, yeah. and there was another another time when one of her exes, who she's in school with, she's, she's going to run across him many mm-hmm. times. So we sat down and we had a conversation about exes and hanging out with exes and intentions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I told her, my intentions are not for these girls. My mm-hmm. intention is just to be friends. Because I'm, I'm usually friends with my exes just as what, the way it happens. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I, I don't know exactly the intentions of my exes towards me, though. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of them are pure and we're just friends now and that's mm-hmm. just the way it's been especially when i moved to tennessee and back kind of set the physical distance separates everything but mm-hmm. uh, so so the relationship has moved on and it's evolved now to a genuine friendship or whatever yeah mm-hmm. um but platonic and but the idea was we we sat down and talked openly about how we felt hanging the other hanging out with the exes and we just kind of made it an idea we will 
talk about it, if we are hanging around someone, if something, if there's a compromise, a potential compromise of trust, then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I really see it now that at this point, we're only two years in. We have another potential like 60 years to go. <laughs> so if we start with compromising trust now, right. what's Good that going to be in, in 20 years with that, that ex that has been my friend so long? I don't want her to think, oh, well, she's, she's been interested in him a long time. <laughs> right. There's just, I mean. So you want to set the good precedent so that it can yes. follow through in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. Now yeah. that's pretty smart. So, uh, so, but I like, I'm, I'm going to go down a thought that I think you were heading down is you were saying your intention is not to be anything but friends Correct. with old flames or whatever. Yeah. I think where spouses get start getting a little nervous mm. is when they wonder if the old flame right. or the other friend is like, like has a little more interest. I can trust in, you, but I don't yeah. trust him or her. Yeah, it's as like far when our kids got their driver's license, we're like, we trust you. We don't trust all the other drivers on the road. You know what? How do you think there's a responsibility of say the person in your situation to go? Well, my spouse does, you know, is a little nervous about, say, this one person. You know what I'm saying? Like, what would you? I would just keep it limited. You should have unfettered access to your friends or your friends. Mm -hmm. But even my guy friends, she might not want me spending all my time with just because I need to get other things done. And I'm just kind of wasting my time, maybe. But, you know, it's it's the it's the insecurities on the part of the other when they worry. They Mm -hmm. worry is he or she prettier than I am? Are mm-hmm. they younger? Are they? Do they have something more to offer? Mm-hmm. And I think when you spend too much time with the, the exes, it, it becomes vested interest. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just, you really don't want to make it too, too close. You don't want to get too close, I guess right. is what I'm yeah. trying to say. It's not, I'm not going to just invite them over and just hang out in my room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little more public. Right. So one of the things I hear you saying is that uh, a lot of these decisions and conversations that are between uh, two people, is, uh, it's a great opportunity to tap into something a little bit deeper, and it's the fear behind yes. what these motivations and these decisions are about. Yeah, and you just have to make good decisions constantly. Right. And one of the good decisions is if you're going to be friends with an ex, either bring your, your, your spouse, significant other, who, whoever along with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Or don't, don't make it exclusive. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I told Nancy, if I'm ever hanging out with an ex and you're uncomfortable, you're more than welcome to join us. Or you can tell me I'm just not comfortable and I will change my plans mm-hmm. because she's more important than any other friend. Mm-hmm. Right. She is my best friend. Yes. And that's that's the whole point of mm-hmm. this whole conversation, I think, is right. when it, when a spouse or a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend doesn't feel like they're the VIP, yeah. then there are those insecurities of and, – and the person may not be doing anything that's – you know, Sinister. Yeah, yeah, but they just don't have that really confident, secure feeling of I really am the most important. You know, that's what we talk about with couples is to try, you know – that I think it's okay to let your spouse be the barometer mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. where the boundary needs to be set. Because mm-hmm. there have been, honestly, there, I'm thinking back to when we were really young, young married. You know, there were people that I, there were girls I could recognize that had eyes for Brett 
And because Brett is precious and naive, he had no idea that, the, you know what I'm saying? Like you can sense sometimes. Did she just call me stupid. No, <laughs> I'm saying sometimes you can sense from but the she same gender. She said you gender. were stupid. Oh, all right. <laughs> no, Thank guys, you can, learned. guys have a Thank radar. They can tell when a guy has eyes for their girl. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right, right. Like you can sense things sometimes <clears throat> as the spouse or as the girlfriend that the person in the bubble can't you right. know, sense. And okay. so sometimes I think. I think it's okay to tell your spouse, I want you to be the barometer of, you know. Now, if your spouse just has incredible insecurity or is just hyper jealous and, you know, then then you've got different issues, I right. think, than just talking about privacy. So how would you contrast kind of Zach's story with your position as a married person? I mean, what do you, what do you think is the helpful approach for you as, as a married person? I try to think about as part of my job as a married person is to make sure that you have nothing to worry about in this regard. I, I mean, I, I literally adopt that mindset when I said I do, that mm-hmm. I, I want to be way above reproach mm-hmm. on anything. I don't want there to be you know, where there's smoke, there's fire water. I don't, I don't want you to have any suspicion whatsoever. You don't want whatsoever. me to be stressed out about what you might be doing while I'm at exactly. work Exactly. And so I look at that as that's part of my job is to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm being open and honest and, you know, so that you don't have anything to worry about. Life's mm-hmm. hard enough. Married, it's hard, marriage is hard enough without having to worry about this kind of stuff. And so well, that's kind of how I look at it. And you're right. It's a lot of a lot of your own actions are going to dictate the other person's response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know... It sets you, that it, yeah. uh, environment of trust. Yeah, if your phone is always face down or if you close windows all of a sudden when your significant <laughs> uh-huh. other walks in, what are they supposed to think? Yeah. Right. Um, sometimes you can be paranoid. Sometimes you can be observant. And that's – you got to watch what you do. Mm-hmm. And not like really, oh, I'm on this page. I'm on this page. You don't. You don't have to just – say everything you do yeah. just explicitly but mm-hmm. people pick up on things right yeah. and how are they not supposed to be nervous when you spend your time texting someone and not telling them how to get in your phone right right, right. well we we know a couple who they got married they both had separate facebook accounts they got married and they decided to do one married facebook Page, you know, yeah, I've seen that done too, and and that's a way of that's one way of doing a healthy, you know, boundaries. Except the problem was they got like six months into the marriage, and she found out he never closed his personal one. So he, she had this assumption that they were Hmm. thinking the same way, but then he didn't close it. And and after she kind of talked with them and then investigated a little bit, Mm -hmm. he wasn't hiding anything he just didn't have the same let's get on board and shut down our private stuff and they weren't you know, coming at it from the same yeah. point and of so view, the yeah. expectations were a little bit different but um i think this brings a good question and that is is it more difficult to be trusting or to be trustworthy hmm. do you have an answer no i I, don't, I think it's kind of a both and yeah well it is yeah. i mean and it's all about, I think Zach was kind of touching on this, is your cumulative project for a couple to build an environment of trust together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not just one person's responsibility. It's the responsibility of, of both parties in the relationship is to increase trust. Mm-hmm. Well, I think to your question, is it more important to be trusting or trustworthy? I think it's the same. It's 
um, it's not necessarily a balance, but it's two it's two sides to one coin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes being trusting to get through stuff, and sometimes it takes being trustworthy to maybe redeem yourself or establish integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And I, th- and I think it's like you're saying, it's reciprocal. I do think it's a cycle mm-hmm. because I think about, you know, you, Brett, are mm-hmm. – the most trustworthy person I know. Well, thank you. I very mean, much. you're a person of integrity. You do what you say you're going to do. You're where you say you're going to be. I've never, in 25 years, had a moment of, hmm. You know, I wonder if he's. I, I, you're just not that person. Well, back but at I, you. But I still have to, in faith, mm-hmm. trust you. Right. You know, it's not as though tomorrow you could fall off the deep end and do something crazy. And We all have that capacity. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think it is kind of reciprocal. It kind of, it's kind of both and, and it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you have to set a momentum for the relationship and a momentum for yourself. Brett has established a momentum of he's a, a father, a husband, a pastor. Mm-hmm. If you were to change any of those things, he would change, you know, the the vector that that he's going in. Yeah, and that's part of you know the the being reciprocal is you're going to do the same thing, and hopefully both work towards the same goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. That's a really good way of putting it. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you the question, you know, because we have had these conversations with couples, so mm-hmm. this is not just pulling this Multiple out of thin times. air. Yeah. But you know, I'm a- I'm anxious. What feeling does this language bring up for you? If I say to you, I am an open book. I have nothing to hide. You may have access to all my passwords, my pin numbers. You can peruse any of my things anytime you want. What does that create? What feeling does that create in you? Well, for me, definitely security or safety, but but like you said before, I already had that yeah. because the technology thing is in the scope of the totality of the length we've been married. Yeah. This is kind of the new yeah. addition to the, the equation. Exactly. But yeah, it just reinforces what I already had established with right. you is that I totally trust you and know that. But if you contrast that to the feelings that this kind of statement would bring up. You can have most of my passwords. You can have access of all my things, but not my cell phone <laughs> or that not would, my iPad. Or That would know. be a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it just creates suspicion. But uh-huh. th- but we've had these conversations with couples where, right. you know, and it's not always, I was going to say the guy will say, but sometimes it's uh, the female. It, it's not a gender thing. It's a, why can't I just have this one thing that's private for mm-hmm. me? You know, why do I have to share every corner, you know, and I think – well, and that does raise a question, and not to give license to sinister behavior, but I mean, people do need their own personal time. They yeah. do need their own personal space. I think it's important for people to get away and enjoy their own solitude, even within a marriage. You and I have figured out how to negotiate that well over mm-hmm. uh, 25 and a half years of marriage. Yeah. Uh, that is that is an important thing. But I think you can have autonomy and your own space and your own interior private world and still be an open book to the person you're with. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think I think there is a a healthy balance there, you know. Well, it- do you when this 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 might Start sounding crude, but when you go to the bathroom, do you close the door? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was talking yeah. about at the yeah. top of the episode. Yeah. So. You know, you, you have these moments of who you are, self-identity, and you have things that you do that the other person doesn't have access to. Mm-hmm. You, you think your own thoughts. You write your own notes. You know, 
it's just a part mm-hmm. of being a person. Mm-hmm. You're you're not ever completely one flesh. Mm-hmm. You're not you know you you don't dress each other you, mm-hmm. you know necessarily. Right. Yeah, you're right. two individual people. The mystery of it all, and it still astounds me, mm-hmm. is that there is a biblical one fleshness without a doubt but you're still two people and That's you right. still have your own thoughts and you know and For so sure. it really is kind of interesting but um but you know i when, when people ask yes. that question is can i have something private for myself that my spouse doesn't have access to you know i would say turn the question on its head and say what is it in me that's wanting to hold on to this corner? You know, is it that you're keeping a secret? Because some people are. Mm-hmm. Or could it be just that I just don't want to be all in or I just don't want to show everything or my whole self or, mm-hmm. you know, and which is a good conversation to have, too. You know, right. what's at the root of that? Well, and you're touching on something. I mean, the other night, Zach, when you had this conversation with Nancy, I mean, this is an outstanding opportunity to have – in-depth conversation to go yet to another level, ironically, another level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Just even talk about the topic of intimacy yeah, and what what's really going inside your interior world, you know? I mean, just even how you think, and uh, I'll, I'd be curious to know how your conversation ended. I mean, what the- Well, actually, the last kind of part of it last night, which made her, like, really, really happy was... I had this dream the night before, maybe it was when I was taking a nap or something, but it was, there were these two women in my dream who, you know, were dressed, you know, sexy or whatever. And in my dream, I actually got up and left their presence to Hmm. go find Nancy. Oh, that's a... I you had me worried there for a minute, but no, no I didn't want to tell her about this dream because I was like, I don't know how she's gonna feel about it. You yeah. know, it's like, why are you having dreams like that? But I, I approached, I told her, I was like, okay, I want to tell you about a dream I had. The first part's gonna make you go, uh, what? And the second part's gonna make you go, oh, yeah, right. And so I, I, I told her the dream just that way, and she was really happy. She's like, you just told me what any girl wants to hear from their boyfriend. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. So that that was kind of how our conversation wrapped up, and this is this is always an ongoing thing. It's it's always developmental, right? Yeah, because there's always going to be a new person reintroduced. I've I've actually had three friends who are women move back to Houston recently, right? And all of them want to hang out, right? And Nancy's met every single one of them, and I try and establish this this you know what we're doing, you know why they want to hang out, or you know. Just always talk about it. Right. Honest, open yeah. conversation, I think, is really where we're landing on this. Is yeah. yes. just that, you know, you, the two of you need to really lay this out in a environment of trust, ironically, mm-hmm. to even have a conversation about what is your environment of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to have integrity. She wants to have integrity. Mm-hmm. We want yeah. this relationship to have integrity. Right. Just going to carry it forward. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I agree. Well, this conversation, I think, is really great to have. And, you know, sadly, we meet with couples all the time who, even if they haven't had a full-on affair, there's lots of emotional affairs going on and, you know, people texting and chatting and, you know, private messages on Facebook. And I would never blame the Internet or Facebook for the breakdown of marriage or anything like that. But it definitely creates more avenues. More access. You know, you're feeling low and someone online is telling you how great you are and you just had a fight with your spouse or something. You know, it can be a little tempting. But um, So boundaries are important. 
I mean, yeah, very, I think they very are. Important. I think they're healthy. But I think while you're doing that, the more open, honest communication you can have all throughout is is really helpful. So thanks, Zach. Yeah, for you're welcome. Thanks for the great idea. <laughs> well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And if you want to contact Zach, <laughs> you, can <laughs> we'll, also, we'll, you can contact us and we'll get him, We'll get you to him. You can also check out homeencouragement.org or you can email us at thehursts at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But keep those boundaries. And we would also love it if you would rate this podcast on iTunes. This will help our visibility and will allow us to reach more uh, couples and encourage them along the way. So until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.